0: schools you name it we're on uncensored tonight nice clean little bandwidth no one else is using it prices right i like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited like a dirty thought in a nice clean mind
1: guess who it's me again the little for all of you in white red land it's 5 o'clock Do you care what the mainstream media says you out there you listening What's up, fam? What is going on? Good to see you guys all out there today. Thanks for joining us here today on the Brothers Uncensored. I appreciate you guys very much. Looking forward to hanging out with our brother J.R. Majewski, here in a little bit. Let me get some business out of the way here real quick though if you don't mind as usual, try to knock this out so that uh, as you guys are trickling in here I can just get this out of the way. You know what I'm saying? I hate talking about this, but hey, if I don't talk about it, who's going to who's going to know what's up? Well, here's what's up. Uncensoredave.com. That's what's up. The, the podcast is up. You can check that out there as well. We're now uh, broadcasting on... I, I appreciate you guys very much. I hear uh, the stream in the background somewhere. Uh, we're broadcasting on Podbean. We're, we're broadcasting on uh, TuneIn. We're, uh, tune we're broadcasting on, I don't know, a bunch of platforms. A bunch of platforms. That's where we're at. You can find the show links here and previous shows, great shows. Michael Johns, uh, fun interviews like uh, Joe Flynn and... and uh, Robert Patrick Lewis, scroll down a little bit more. You can see where you can find us. Foxhole, uh, Cl- Cloud Hub, DLive, Tiger Network, as well as the podcast that comes up right after the show. Finally, where you can help us keep the lights on. Just scroll down a little bit more. Patreon, Cash App, PayPal. If you join Patreon, you get access to our private Discord where you can see exclusive show content and the rest. Bam, out of the way. I just wanted to talk about this real quick. Also, the Foxhole.net. Don't forget to check out the thefoxhole.net. Oh, it's me that's hearing myself. That's why I hear that. Um... Check out the foxhole.net, uh, uh, the foxhole.app, app. Excuse me, it is an awesome app where you can find all kinds of great streamers. As you can see, we're live now. Patriot Hour's live now. Patriot News, PSB, Crypto Beatles up later tonight, as well as Frank. Quite frankly, Woke Society's up at five. True Reporting also up at five. DW Truth Warrior at five. Man, you got all kinds of great content going on there tonight. Neil up there later tonight at eight, and uh, you'll also find our guest show on that uh, on the foxhole.net as well. Uh, so, all kinds of great content. If you can't find something that's interesting to watch on the foxhole.app, I, I don't know I don't know how to help you. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure how to help you. But, if you're here right now, that means you're freaking awesome, and I love you for it. And it's because, uh, in theory, <laughs> we bring you guys something you want to see. Today, I got something you want to see. That is for sure. First, I want to welcome my bro Joe into the house. Joe, what's good? Happy Thursday, bro. What's up? So glad to
0: be here. Glad to see everybody out there in chat. Hello to everybody. I'd love to say hello to every single one of you, but I want to make sure we save some time for our good friend, J.R. J.R. Majewski. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be around you, too.
1: Yeah, man. I'm really looking forward to this. So I have to go back because... As you know, Jr. I, I think I was one of the first to reach out to you, and I had you booked, I had you ready to roll, and then at the last minute I had to run to Florida uh, because my pops was not doing so good. And unfortunately, I, I couldn't get you on, and I was so looking forward to that interview, man. Uh, I was really looking forward to talking with you and just kind of hanging out with you. Um, and, then, and it just didn't work out, and that was like six months ago or something now, I guess. Um, and so here we are. So I'm glad you're finally here, bro. I was. It was awesome to get a chance to meet you in D.C., uh, t- tell us a little bit about the the, the your kind of fifteen minutes. The, let's go back a little bit and kind of you know relive this time. I'm going to show everyone here some stuff on the on the screen that you guys will find pretty friggin' is- interesting here. In case you guys weren't aware of this. Trump praises Ohio resident who painted lawn like a campaign banner. Uh, J.R. Majewski from the New York Daily News. <laughs> Port Clinton man from MSN praised by President Trump for yard mural. Air Force veteran paints his entire yard with a 19,000 square foot campaign mural. Daily mail in the United Kingdom. Uh, let's see. There's one more here that I got to get to. Let's see. The sun in the United Kingdom. MAG-11 military veteran transforms his entire yard uh the media just absolutely blew up about this all around the world i'm i'm guessing that that when you did this you just kind of did it for the fun of it i'm i'm assuming you wanted to get some of the attention on it but did it turn out the way when you look back now did, did did the whirlwind of all of this turn out the way you thought it would when you decided to do the lawn absolutely
2: not um you know i painted this because you know i support some um, a local veteran uh group and um I'm one of the you know, the primary donors and uh, basically what it is is buddies of mine that get together, they're all veterans and they take veterans who are handicapped and unable to hunt and they take them on different hunting outings. And so give you a, an example. if If Joe's out there with them and he's in a wheelchair, he can do everything up to probably put the game up and field dress it. Right. He can participate in that, but he's not going to string the deer up from the tree. These guys fill in, to, to, to provide, you know, um, uh, uh, filling that gap, I guess is the right way to say it. And so every year my wife and I, uh, we donate to that. And in 2019, um, we decided that, uh, we were doing a fundraiser and I told them that, um, you know, if they, if they, needed, if they met their fundraising goal, then I would paint the biggest Betsy Ross flag on my yard that the world's ever seen. <laughs> and, um, they beat it. And um they enjoyed watching me paint the biggest uh, Betsy Ross flag the world's ever seen. I actually made uh Ripley's Believe It or Not, where I was in uh volume seventeen that was just released in 2020. And then in in you know, in 2020, um I told them the same thing. You guys beat your fundraising goal. But there's a little bit of, I would say, some magic happening there because I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, I, I love the Fourth of July. Uh, Veterans Day is my birthday so that would be my favorite holiday but since it's my birthday I kind of look at it you know with maybe I'm being greedy if I if I choose that so I go with Independence Day that's when I do all my magic I have a huge fireworks show have a big party and you know painting the lawn um just came became something that I thought was a cool thing to do so 2020 we were going to do the POW flag to you know pay homage to you know friends and family that that we lost and um at the 11th hour um the company that i buy all of the the uh the paint from because i i get a professional biodegradable um environmentally friendly paint and um i get that from a company that does probably 90 percent of professional and collegiate sports um and uh that's a challenge in itself getting the barter with them and getting them to sell to just some regular guy out ohio that wants to paint his yard right yeah um so anyway uh 11th hour they called me they said jr look i know you're all hyped up about this pow mia flight but um after some long discussion we think that painting your yard black uh, would 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 really ruin the you know the top layer of your soil and you'd probably be looking at having to dig that up and resod it versus just you know getting the company out and you know planting seed and fertilizing it Hmm. so um had a round table with the guys and um we, we didn't know what to do. And, um, with the news going on, cause in 2019, part of the reason doing the Betsy Ross flag was just because of all these jackass athletes taking a knee, you know, we figured that, uh, you know, this was the way for us to show that, uh, as, as veterans, that we don't take knees, um, with, you know, we, 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 we certainly, um, respect that people's right to protest, but there's a time and a place and there's a, there's a avenue to do that. And we didn't feel as if disrespecting veterans and disrespecting the country was the way to do that. So we, I would say had that same tone. And, and um, one of the guys said, let's paint Trump 2020. And I said, you know what, let's do it. And it was more like, fuck it. I'm doing it. And nice. that's what we ended up doing. And um, after painting the lawn, um, I got some local attention and then my friends just having all this time on their hands you know, drinking their butch lights, you know, hanging out in the boat. They decided they're going to call every news reporter that they knew. And, (laughs) you know, they had made some ties from the 2019 flag. So speed dial was a lot easier for them. And I realized that uh, this was going fast. And so I, um, you know, I took control of my destiny and I started making, you know, uh, making the phone calls or, or, you know, pacifying. I didn't want the attention, to be honest with you, Um, but it came and it came fast. And it went from the local news to, uh, uh, a Fox affiliate radio station in Columbus who I've become really good friends with. And then it, it zoomed up to Fox and friends. And then from Fox and friends, you know, all the, uh, all the scavengers came out and wanted to, uh, call me a, a Trump crazy. But, uh, <laughs> then I got to meet Dan ball I went on OANN and, uh, well, that came a little bit later after, um, you know, we started doing the mega meetups, but, um, you know, it's all been a whirlwind to be honest with you. Um, and you know, I've also been on other shows like red pill with methods with, you know, with, um, PSB, um, with, uh, Patriots transition voice. I mean, you name it, I've probably been on their show. So,
1: Yeah, which is why I'm so frustrated uh, that it's taken me so long to get you on here. But I'm glad you're here now. Um, You know, I got to say, dude, there's one thing for sure that no one can ever question about you, no matter what anybody wants to say about you. And that is your passion and your love for the country and uh, your wantingness to help others. I mean, there's one thing that came out of the MAGA meetups and getting a little bit of time to talk to you and know you. Uh, and hear from other people, um, you know what what they were saying about you, and that you know that, that's always, you know, no one really actually. Uh, I don't really care what others say about me. When, when you're when you're when you're around people, and they go out of your way to say, "Man, he's just a, he's got a huge heart. He's a big teddy bear, and he's uh, he wants to help in any way he can," to the point where maybe he he does stuff that he can't uh, can't promise. I mean, I've I've been there. I've always wanted to to help others too, but you, you took it to another level. What, what, how did the idea come to get involved with the, with the MAGA meetups? And I, I, I wanted to be there so bad for the first one. Um, that looked like a whole lot of fun, man. And it looked, uh, it looked like you guys just, um, you know, we're really trying to pull off a uh, kind of a, a live event. What, what, how did that all come together, man? Well, you know, um,
2: I was, I guess, blessed with the fact that I had a platform, you know, when, um, when I first went on Fox and friends um, there was so much adrenaline coming, right? The first thing you want to do when you you get on the news is you want to run inside and watch the replay. Right. right. And so <laughs> that's the first thing we did. And I had all my neighbors over and, you know, um, I was excited. I, well, a matter of fact, I was calling them the night before, like you guys got to be here at 7.00 AM. If you can't be here, I'm not going to do it. I'll tell Fox we're going to, we know, we didn't delay because I wanted my neighbors to be here because they absolutely, um, were the key, you know, to, to everything that I did. But, um, you know, I, I, I realized that after watching Fox and friends really, when they came out and said, well, president Trump just sent JR a tweet and a, a Facebook message, my buddy, Kevin said, dude, we gotta, we gotta scoot, man. You're, you're going to, cause he knows how I am. I'm, I'm going to run. My adrenaline's going to burn me out and now I'm going to be looking for the next thing to do. Right. Cause I was just on the news. And so he said, let's go fish and let's go, let's go catch some walleye. So I'm like, all right. So literally an hour after I'm on Fox and Friends, I'm hitting the, I'm hitting Lake Erie and I put a picture up of me and I said, you know, cause there was a lot of people attacking me right away on Twitter. Yeah. And so I just said, Hey, while you guys are bitching about my lawn, I'm going to go out and catch me some walleye. <laughs> so I left the dock with 18 followers. I came back and I think I had 8,000 and it only took us a couple hours to get the limit. Wow. So after I got back, I realized this is going to be big. This is going to go big. And so um, shortly thereafter, um, you know, I got in contact with Red Pill, made good friends with him. And, you know, I've always been the kind of guy that when I come in and I, and I noticed the landscape, I saw a lot of people that are just out, you know, lifting their skirts and showing their cheeks and trying to make a buck. And I looked at this entire, entire situation is me supporting president Trump. And if I inspired a guy or a gal to wear their Trump t-shirt to jeans Friday, you know, and not be scared, then my job was done. Right. But really I was doing this for the veterans, but yeah, that was, that was really the, I would say the, the, the secondary message. And um, so you heard me in the beginning saying you're never going to see me saying, Oh, you know, by the way, go check out my website. Here's my merch. Because that's what I saw. It was prevalent. Everybody was selling stuff. And I and I looked at it like, you know, they're they're benefiting financially off, you know, the trials and tribulations of the president. And I never wanted to do that. And so I just looked at this opportunity um, because I, I have an, a large audience professionally. Um, I'm not like I'm not just the guy with the tattoos and the beard that paints his yard. I mean, I'm a professional in the nuclear industry, so I have a lot of ties. I'm am a I'm a celebrity in my own mind, you know, so. Twitter doesn't provide me any service. Matter of fact, I got to get in line. I got to earn my space in Twitter where I've already done that on this, you know, on this side of the the computer. So I'm more content out here. But um, with the platform that was given to me and with the audience and with the friends and the network that I, you know, that I made, I wanted to use that to benefit, you know, the greater good. And I looked at the opportunity to hold the meetups one, we could leverage the uh, the the audience that Red Pill had, but the other, we could leverage my skill sets, which is getting, you know, a bunch of people together and, and putting things together uh, to, to, you know, have something where our local constituents could come out and meet, you know, meet their candidates and vice versa, and just have an, uh, uh, something that, you know, was representative of the president, because the president can't be everywhere at all times. And. I looked at it as an opportunity that just benefited everybody benefited the people benefited the candidates benefited me and benefited red pill. And it just seemed like something that at first was impossible, but um, we made it happen. And then it went so well, we made it happen again. So.
1: Yeah, man, almost- it, it looked like a lot of fun and the shows were, were pretty fun too. And it looked like everyone that was there had a lot of fun and um, it's, it's pretty cool, man. It's uh, you know, that, the thing that uh, never, the story that never gets told about our community uh, because of the thousands of hit pieces that are written about us constantly um, is that uh, there, this community is full of love and support and, and we lift each other up. Uh, each, each one of us has our down days and we, we find ways to help each other out through the day. Uh, I, there's countless stories of people in this community who have had uh, personal family um, disaster style issues, uh, you know, Freezing cold from from freezing cold to tornadoes to to uh, hurricanes. Um, there's countless yeah. stories of 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 patriots and part of this community lifting each other up. And it's you know I hope we were talking about this Joe and I last week. We, we kind of hope that when history is finally uh, corrected and the story is told about what we're all trying to do as part of a you know it's it's not really a community. It's it's a it's become a community but those of us who are are just patriots who see that the that the media is just not doing their jobs and similar to what general Flynn once said, you know, the American people took control of the media and what we're all trying to do is bring the perspectives to the, the populace that isn't talked about on any of the mainstream areas and they are the realities of the worlds in, in 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 our worlds in in between the lakes in between the uh, the oceans excuse me off the coasts um, and it's I, I hope someday I hope someday Jr that the story is told about uh, the beautiful and the loving nature and the God fearing patriots that come together to kind of help lift each other up and you my friend have been a leader a leader in that um and you know it's 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 honorable it's it's impressive and it's it's an honor to get a chance to shake your hand like we did in dc when you look up when you look back at the lead up to dc if you put yourself back in you know coming after the the new year first couple weeks into the new year uh the way that the media was hyping up everything and and it it The excitement of of Trump's potentially final rally in D.C. was something to behold. And the energy when we first got into D.C. and we first started walking around uh, near the monument was just amazing. You had a different and even more amazing experience uh, while you were there. Can you talk a little more about when you first got to D.C. and if you're willing to talk about some of the the, the stuff, the other stuff that you know, I, I don't want to necessarily say unless you want to talk about it. Can you talk yeah. about that kind of side of uh, your experience in DC?
2: Well, so le- leading up to DC, you know, um, at first I wasn't going to go. Um, I look at life and I look at the way uh, I would say the chaos of our politics and our political system. I looked at that as a ladder. Um, I was looking for the opportunity. Um, I didn't see myself as the and I don't see myself as the as the warrior that runs out and and you know screams and shouts and 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 does some of the things that were being done just because I know that you know those things are are um, echoing in hallway. I mean it's like pushing a rope, right? Um, now those things need to happen, but I always look at it as is is where is where is the you know biggest opportunity for me to add value and. At first, I thought, you know what, Um, D.C. was going to be a nightmare. There was just too many things that happened, you know, in that that second Trump rally where, you know, the only time I've ever been pissed off at President Trump is when I seen old people and children getting beat up, you know, by BLM and Antifa coming out of that second rally or that second large rally in D.C. Yeah, I was there
1: for that. That was not uh, that was tough to watch. And there was, you know, that was the, the that was purposeful. Um, by subversive people to get people, um, you know, to start causing problems. And it's just frustrating that it's not talked about more about how these, how these interactions are, are created there. It's not Mm -hmm. accidental that these things happen. I wish more was talked about that, but that, that first rally, I'm with you. Go ahead and continue on. But when president Trump did respond,
2: um, he responded with exactly what I was saying that he should respond on Twitter. And I know he wasn't reading J.R. Majewski's tweets to come up with his response. So when he did respond, it was honorable. And, you know, um my, my uh, disdain for that situation, you know, for him went away immediately. Yeah. Um where I was pissed off was the fact that people in his in his um cabinet and in his administration were screaming at at uh you know on Twitter at other people to do something when in my mind they're the ones that should have been doing something. Um, you know, they, 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 they missed the mark on that. So I looked at the, the, the January 6th rally as something that was going to be just like it. And, um, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not going to go, um, I'm looking for the opportunity where I can jump in and add value and, you know, all of the things that were being said that the possibilities that were out there, it was just, there was just too much. And, uh, so I decided I was going to hold off and then something, just sparked in me. I said, you know what? I'm going to call red pill and see what he's thinking. And when I talked to him, he said, I'm going, he said, you should go, man. I, I need you there. I'd love to have you with me. So on and so forth. I talked to his girlfriend, his girlfriend's like, I, he's going to go there. I can't stop him, but I'd love to have somebody with him that could, you know, keep him safe. And, and I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll have his back. I'll make sure he's okay. And so that, well, actually a little bit before that um, I was, on the fringes of whether or not i was going to go and i got a message from a friend that you know that basically said that antifa was looking at dressing up like trump folks and so was blm and there was all these things going on so i sent that message to a bunch of um say larger accounts on twitter one of them being um ali alexander Mm -hmm. and i didn't even really know who the guy was at the time I heard a lot of things about him, but I don't get caught up in what your opinion is of him. I'll form my own, but if we don't cross roads, then I don't really need to give a shit about, you know, what I think. Yeah. I'm him, the same right? way on that. Go ahead. So um, when I sent it to him, he didn't respond to me. And um, you know, um, I thought, well, you're running the stop to steal rally and I'm sending you information. It's, it's definitely legit because the person that sent it, you know, put his name on it and, uh, and uh, it went, you know, silent. And then a couple days later, Um, He put out something about, um, you know, donating to Stop the Steal, and they had to stop, you know, the election in 2022, and they didn't have a candidate, but, you know, they needed to unseat all these folks. And so I just went and I retweeted what he said, and I gave him what my takeaway was. My takeaway was donate to Stop the Steal. We don't have a candidate, but we need your money now to stop something two years from now. To me, it was just a grift, And and I called it out. I said, why wouldn't you just work work your ass off, Ali, and get us a good candidate, and then we'll donate to their campaign, not donate to your personal, you know, um, fund. And so he, retweeted. He, you know, he saw that, and I didn't think he was going to see it, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't have done it, right? So then he comes out and says, oh, J.R. Majewski is grifting me, and by the way, he's all up in my DMs. Excuse me. Uh, He's all up in my DMs asking me to, you know, do this and do that. And so within like 20 seconds, I go in, I screenshot my inbox and it shows exactly what happened. He never responded to me, there was no communications or whatever. And so
1: I've had my fair share of interaction with him as well. Um, I don't, I think I I have a lot of respect for him getting people out in the streets, but too many people, when they get involved in something that should be for uh, a cause that is beyond them, Uh, Make it to allow it to become about them. And that's unfortunately uh, what happens with a lot of times. And it it ends up, you know, you end up getting drama involved with it too behind the scenes with other great patriots like Moms for America who were also getting people out in the streets. And it's just counterproductive to make it, to make it. Be about drama and about themselves and about uh, us right. versus them and their Griffin and they're, and and he just he 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 initiated that over and over again and it was just frustrating to watch. It's counterproductive and he was more worried about bringing attention to himself and I haven't heard anything about him since then. Uh, which I mean, that, yeah,
2: that's exactly what he was doing. And but the thing is, Twitter realized it. I mean, I had a stellar reputation and he didn't. And so, you know, right away, um, his little group of of cronies started. To, you know, looking me up online, I'm getting hits on my LinkedIn saying, you know, such and such is looking at your LinkedIn, you know, I get alerts and all that stuff. So I'm thinking, okay, here we go. I'm gonna get slammed. You know, these guys are gonna come out with some JR's evil, you know, thing. So I just went on the defense, you know what I mean? Or I went on the offense, actually. But I, I told him, you know, I don't have a problem with you, man. And, and and if I can't speak my mind, you know, the last thing that you need to do is call somebody a grifter when he didn't even spend if he would have spent 30 seconds looking at my twitter profile he would have realized that i'm not everything he said about me was just boilerplate Ollie attacking somebody yeah man he, it was it was
1: awesome seen. it was awesome to see that um while we were there everybody that we interacted with whether it was in the massive crowd of people or uh that we got a chance to hang out with you know at the hotel or other places like that were all just really kind um, positive people, extremely positive people, God fearing people that that uh, love their country. It was when when you just when you get a bunch of strangers together, go to a different state, and you just hang out. the The experience of actually being there was something special, man. And it was uh, it was awesome to get a chance to, to have a drink with you and shake your hand and just kind of shoot the shit for a little bit. And uh, uh, it was a lot of fun, man. So hopefully, we'll get a chance, you know, in the coming years to to shake your hand and hang out some more again, too, man. I look forward definitely
2: to that. Definitely will, definitely will, but. Ali inspired me by calling me a grifter to raise about $30,000 in three days and take uh, over 100 people uh, to D.C. That I got you. Uh, yeah. See, so,
0: that's I, I was going to say there's man. still a little bit more more yeah. to that story. I just want to jump in here and just say a couple of quick things before we get too far. Uh, first off, just kind of going back to the beginning about what you said about the flag. Um, I personally wanted to thank you myself because I, w- I was working for a company that I had a company car parked out in front of my house. So I couldn't hang any Trump flags out or else and I was in sales. So I, I would personally I'd probably lose 20 percent of my business if I had a Trump flag, you know, parked out, you know, in my in my company car parked out there. So for somebody like you to stand up and do that big of a frickin flag, I was like, this dude is my frickin hero. Uh, seriously, dude, that's the, that's the first thing I thought when I saw you and then I started learning about you and I was like, holy crap, he's a veteran on top of it. Holy crap, he did this because of the veterans, you know, and like just following your story, following everything, um, you know, along the way, at, at, you know, up until the January 6 buildup. I just knew that, you know, the chance, the ability to be able to meet you. Um, I already knew. I, I felt like I already knew you. Like, you know, that, that was the weird thing, but just real quick, you didn't know that I was actually average Joe Patriot when we (laughs) met, which is kind of a funny story. uh, If you want to tell it real quick. Um, I thought I
2: always (laughs) mixed you two up and I, I I thought that Abe got, you know, I thought he got canceled and went to an, an, and started another show and called it, you know, average Joe Patriot. So like, I was always confused and I would ask Red Pill. I'm like, so, Okay this is uncensored Abe, right? And he's like, no, that's his brother. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And, and it, <laughs> I was always mixed up. And then so, eventually I learned it, but to see you two in person, then I realized, okay, you guys look a lot alike. So, right, I, so know, th- myself that's the benefit of the doubt. But. So here,
0: you know, as I'm leading up to this whole thing, so I'm like super excited, right? And, and I'm meeting everybody at the same time and Red Pill and Craig and and you, and then you go to, you know, and you're like, holy crap, you're real. And that's like how we met. And you're like, I didn't even know you were a real person. And here, yeah. you know, I'm like, damn, I was kind of, I was a little crushed. I'm not going to lie. But it was hilarious. It was so funny. And again, the, you know, right away, man, it just felt like we knew each other. Like we were friends for a while. I haven't caught up. And, um, you know, that that's the kind of personality that I think people really need to understand is that, you know, your, your story, your background, everything you've done in your life is truly, you know, pretty remarkable in my opinion, but you are such a down to earth, easy go, easy going, fun, lucky go, you know, just, just a happy go lucky guy. And, and you literally accept everybody in as a friend right from the get go. So I just wanted to point those couple of things out.
2: That's one of the key attributes of a true leader. And, and, and one thing that I've done my whole life is I've I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, I knew I knew where um, I knew where I felt comfortable, but I didn't know what I wanted to be. And so um, I always kept on, you know, my 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 foundation, right? Your career and and your personality and your being is like building a house, and you have to have a basement. You got to have bricks. You got to have a foundation. And my foundation is leadership. And I've been a I've been a, a student of leadership my entire life. And one thing that I learned at a young age. Is and I've learned it through uh, experience and through reading is that trust is everything, and leaders give trust freely, freely, and openly. Um, they hold their trust, uh, you know, at, on, a, on a very high pedestal. It's easy to lose their trust, but they give it freely because if they don't, nobody will. And so, you know, being that type of a person, I, I try to build my entire personality around that because I truly believe in it. If I can, you know, go out and live my life with a desire to make friends with everybody, and listen to everybody and be open-minded you know, that, that does nothing but bring positives. But, you know, you always have to, um, you know, be guarded in some, you know, form or, or fashion in life. But generally speaking, you know, I live, I live my life. um, You know, there's a time to be, you know, about business and there's a time to have a good time. And, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, uh, who can you laugh at? Right. Uh, Yeah, man. I've I've always, I've always been very, um, very self-critical and, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I love to have a good laugh. There's nothing better.
1: Yeah, man. It was a lot of fun. I didn't mean to, uh, uh, to cut you off on that Ollie discussion. I didn't realize that that was actually oh, the, no. where it came from. That was, uh, oh yeah. Well, let's see how much money I can, I can, uh, generate here. So yeah, yeah. you want to call that... me a
2: grifter motherfucker. Let me see how many people I can take to DC for free. Right. Yeah. You know, when you got this stop to steal and your whole goal is to take people to DC, but you ain't, he, he didn't take anybody to DC. You paid to come to D.C. and then you paid the guy. We, I mean, I'm not saying you, but we as a collective, we paid the guy probably near a million dollars. And he and he just walked off into the sunset after the rally with it. And, yeah. I, you
1: he, know, I had, he had a, I had a chance to... have
2: I made a dime. I've not made one single dime. Maybe maybe in D.C. I think uh, after all was said and done, I had like an extra two hundred dollars uh, left over because PayPal fr- froze seven thousand dollars of my account. And I had to essentially pay for everybody's uh, hotel room. Yeah, he pretty much advanced thousands of dollars. I mean, it's uh,
1: what you did to help people get there was very respectable. And I had a chance to shake Ali's hand, and uh, you know, he basically this dude has no idea that I've been fighting for 20 years, doing you know, he has no idea how much how I've dedicated my life to this, right? And he big times me. You know, I'm there, I'm there providing security for him. And he big times me. I was like, hey, you know, I, I was like, hey, I want to have you on the show. Talk about the Stop the Steel Movement. Talk about what you guys have been doing and all this stuff and interview you. He, he First of all, he probably knew that I was going to research him if I interviewed him. And then second of all, he just literally just big time me. I was like, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I do. I have respect for people who can get people out to the streets. I, I had, I, you know, I saw him in Atlanta. I saw him in, in, uh, in uh, Arizona uh, two or three times, if not four times in D.C., I mean, it, you know, I respect that. And, and, you know, he did a good job at, at organizing, too. But the problem always is with guys like that, they make it about themselves, and that's something you never did. And uh, I really respect you for that, and I appreciate you for, for being real on that front. That says a lot about who you are, bro. Um Thanks, I, but what I was trying to do was move the conversation forward because it's already a half hour flying through, and I, I do want to get to this. at some point here. You decided to run for Congress. Can you talk mm-hmm. about the discussions? I don't. You don't have to tell me personal discussions with your wife and family and you know a closest confidants. But can you tell me about the discussions about the downsides of of going from becoming a even more public figure by running for Congress and and eventually. You guys came to the decision that the down that the upsides outweighed those downsides. Can you talk a little bit about that process of deciding to run?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it really to be to be really a hundred percent honest with you guys, um, we didn't even talk about the downsides because um it's pretty clear that JR is gonna do what the hell JR is gonna do because you know, my common in- my interests are always in it for the greater good, right? So while my family does have reservations, they're never gonna challenge me. Um, They'll come to me and give me their concerns, but they already know my mind's made up. And uh, now they're, you know, they they know it's either support or get out of the way. And uh, we we have we have talked about, you know, what could potentially happen. But you know, I gotta say, guys, um, my closets clean. There's there's nothing in there but boogeyman that I use to scare my nieces and nephews. And you know, they're adults now, so.
1: Well, as you, you know. know, they don't need, they don't need evidence. All they need are, is an article written by somebody that, that they can promote. And I just right. be, I just want your wife and your family to be aware that it doesn't, it doesn't have to be actual. They're going to probably try to smear you, especially if you get close to taking out somebody who's been there for her whole life.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll come right. But, um, you know, I just look at it like, uh, you know, the truth will persevere, it always does. And, um, you know, I don't want to carry my campaign in a manner that is going to um, condone and promote slander Um, past candidates that have gone against the incumbent Marcy Kaptur in in this district have gone out and attacked her. Um, You know, I have history with Marcy Kaptur. My great grandmothers um, were a staple in the Toledo, Ohio area where she um, carries, you know, her, her, most of her voters. Um, My great, my grandmother was, you know, a a very well-renowned, um, lady in the Polish community, and the church community, in, in in the area in which uh, Marcy Kaptur dominates. And so, you know, I, I I truly in my heart believe that Marcy Kaptur is a good lady. I just think that she's on the wrong side of history, and she's been there for quite some time. And, you know, it's just time for Marcy at 74, 73, 74 years old to, you know, hang it up, I think. And, uh, you know, it, it's an opportunity for a, a person like me that you know, can work both sides of the aisle. And, uh, you know, I'm conservative in my values and I'm conservative in my principles and ethics and beliefs, but I'm also going to be what's called a representative of the people. And my, my ideology does not, um, you know, does not circumvent or doesn't, you know, raise higher than what the people want. So one thing that I think has been missing in, in many communities across the country is representatives that actually represent the people and not their ideology. Um, I could give a shit about being on Fox news and rubbing elbows with Sean Hannity. I really don't care. I'd rather be here and, you know, seeing the people and then, you know, having a weekend at home and being out on my boat and hanging out with my buddies. Uh, I don't need to be, you know, um, showing my tail feathers on Fox news to to feel like I'm a comp- I've accomplished something. And that, that's not a slight against our, our, you know, our conservative politicians, but um, it is, (laughs) you know, it's, it's not, I don't have anybody in mind when I say these things other than, you know, it's rampant that our politicians um, like to promote themselves more than they like to promote them, you know, their people. Yeah. And one thing that I've committed already on, you know, my campaign is that um, I, I, I commit to, you know, once a quarter uh, to hold a town hall meeting in every County in which I represent. And uh, you know, that'll give the people, an opportunity to ask me these tough questions, give me these, you know, um, levels of constructive criticism that I think are missing. Um, you know, the old, you know, when you have a problem in your community, you know, remember when mom and dad or grandma and grandpa would say, well, write your Congressman. Well, I don't want you to have to write your Congressman. I want I want to be there as the Congressman. I want, I want to be available. Um, if, if I was to call Mercy captor right now or call her office or call her aides, it's um, highly unlikely that I would get through to her. And I'm not gonna be that person. I am not gonna be that person.
1: No, um we I'm have not. a tradition of making uh live phone calls on this show. If you want, I could try getting a hold of her. <laughs> Dude.
0: Yeah, I we've literally want... called our representatives live on air and tried to uh tried to pin them down, man. I mean, that's what you know, that's what it takes though these days. Sometimes it's just you know, we gotta have our voices heard, right? That's yeah. important. At the end of the day,
2: that is what this position is about. And it's very easy to come in with a conservative narrative and say that I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, there's certain things that are um, you know, you're never going to please everyone. You can't please everyone. And when you try to please everyone, you'll go insane. So you have to find a middle ground. The problem is we don't have anyone trying to find a middle ground because looking at, if you just look at Marcy captor's record, uh, her absenteeism record is double that of, of any um, Congress, you know, congressional member in. con you know, congressional member in history of Congress. Right. And I don't know another job in the United States folks where you can be, you know, late or absent twice as much as, you know, the next person and still have a job. And I don't know what Marcy's got going on in her life, but I can tell you right now um, she spends a lot of time on, you know, things that pull at your heartstrings, like, um, you know, working with world war two vets and, and, and things like that. But, but I've said, and I'll say it again, Uh, I know a few World War II vets. I I have known their past, but um, when I did know them, they were the toughest people I'd ever met in my life. And they would gladly give a Marcy captor a a quick read on um, dropping that initiative to create those World War II commemorative coins, Marcy, and get out in your fucking district and do something for your people because those coins don't do anything for, for anybody, but those veterans and those veterans don't they're they're not the type to tolerate this kind of stuff. And I think Marcy's really gone on on low-hanging fruit for a long time in her career. And you know we need some go-getters in Congress. And I think my just even the few months that you guys have seen me in the public eye, um, a go-getter is is I'm, I'm I'm well above and beyond that. And you guys haven't even heard what I've done professionally. So yeah, those of
1: you that have listened to uh, to other interviews on Red Pill and stuff know that uh, he's he's quite the accomplished career as well. Uh, beyond just the stuff that we've talked about here, you mentioned Marcy Captor, and I'll tell you what, bro, you got a you got a hell of an uphill battle coming your way. This lady is entrenched. Uh, she has had everything thrown up against her, and she has consistently won. The one thing that I wondered about um, how uh, how she has been able to hold on to her seat for so long is in 2010, Republicans actually controlled uh, the districts and redistricted your district into what they call, what, the snake by the lake or some shit right now? The ugliest district in... The, mu- the mistake on the lake, that's it, what they call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and And so I wonder how these you know the the consequences of redistricting by supposed people who want to uh, make it easier to keep Republicans in power uh, they basically pushed Kucinich out and and um, you know Marcy's been strong there since and in twenty uh, in Obama's years, uh, this district went, what do I have here sixty seven percent for Obama. The good news though, is there's a pretty steady trend downward. Uh, from the Republican Party since Obama. 2016, Hillary got only 59%. So, so Hillary lost an 8% margin compared to Obama. And then same for uh, Biden. He lost about uh, uh, 9% versus Obama Obama's votes in twenty and when he ran in 2020. Um, Marcy has very powerful unions backing her. Uh, on the screen right now, I'm showing, and actually, uh, let me just go ahead so I, and share this uh, for you as well so you can see, see what I'm looking at here. Uh, let me get this off here, that over there, and this here. Um, uh, this is, uh, and I'll, I, I'm assuming you have this link, or you, you've been to Open Secrets to see this information. Let me get this to you in chat so you can grab this for your own, uh, for your own records. Where's my chat at? <laughs> Never mind. I'll get this to you in a minute. All right. Okay. So Marcy Cat, the representative of Democrat Ohio in Ohio's ninth district, which is the one that you're running for. Um, her campaign donations for for last year, when she or the last time she ran, was a million dollars. She spent nine hundred seventy eight or nine hundred eighty thousand dollars, and still has some cash on hand left over from that. Her greatest political donors are SEIU, Cleveland Cliffs, Sheet Metal Air Rail Transportation Union, Sierra Nevada Corporation, and L three Harris Technologies. She's got some pretty big industry and union uh, sectors there. That is funding her pretty consistently for her whole time there. Secondarily, public sector unions, electric utilities, and transportation unions, as well as lawyers, are the top industries that she uh, receives donations from. The other side of the house that she gets a lot of money from are political action committees tied to SEIU and other unions like that, the teachers' union, uh, the um, uh, all of the um, industrial unions in, in, in that area. Uh, as well as the agribusiness. So she's, she's got fingers in pretty much everything. The biggest one by mm-hmm. far, though, uh, labor was the biggest donation that she received. Um, her biggest individual contributors are, are, are a, a formidable problem as well. If you look at you know who's really behind her. Again, SEIU is a big one uh, that shows up left and right. And then uh, if, you, if I scroll down here a little bit, come on, work with me here. There was another one in here. I thought this was a different one. Okay. Um, same thing, Cleveland Cliffs, Sierra Nevada, uh, You know, General Atomics, General Motors, General Dynamics. She's got the big corporations uh, in her pocket. Finally, the last thing I wanted to show you on this is the legislation that she's voted for over the past uh, 10 years or so, um, Especially, well, especially in the last two years. The different kind of things here, and we'll get into these energy policies a little bit, but I just wanted to point out in general, Jr., that you're you're, you're in for quite the battle of an of an entrenched candidate who uh, quite obviously has some some friends in high places. Um, what what can we do to prepare you for for getting donations and stuff? Are you planning on doing um, you know donations in your in your area or uh, fundraisers in your area? Uh, how do you address this issue that she's very well entrenched? It's definitely a problem.
2: Well, I think one of the first things is is, is funding is, you know, unfortunately in today's day and age, um, you win these elections, you know, really on funding. But I'm looking to team up with some big organizations that, uh, you know, give political um, campaign advice. Um, I've actually been in contact with a couple um very large conservative outlets, uh, some conservative candidates, and probably our favorite Republican of all time. I'm, I'm working to get his endorsement. So um, I think, I think time is, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to take some time, um, but I'll get, I'm pretty confident that I'll get president Trump's endorsement. I just want to do it the right way. I don't want to ask him for it. I want to earn it. So You know, it'd be one thing for me to work a whole bunch of strings and then get out in front of him and him say, oh, yeah, you painted your yard. Oh, yeah, I got to endorse you. You know, I don't want that to happen. So um, I'm trying to work it uh, um, an unconventional way. And um, I'm really looking to see who President Trump's going to endorse here um, in Ohio, because we have a huge Senate race with Rob Portman dropping out. And I can tell you right now that all three of the main candidates that I know, um, you know, I've they know how to contact them. They know how to contact me. And, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very popular person here in in my area. Um, a lot of people know me, so hell I can't even go to Walmart without someone, you know, recognizing me. So it's not like, uh, I'll have to, I won't have to earn name recognition. What I need to do is look at um, how I can break down Marcy and get in front of the right people. Um, locally, um, I have some radio stations that I've befriended over the years. Um, I wouldn't see an issue getting there. Um, where I see challenges through excuse me, through funding is um getting on the you know the left wing local media. And you know, you do that through the dollar. So I have set up a site. Um I'm working with Winred. Um if you guys are probably familiar with Winred. Uh, the one thing that I'll say is you don't just jump on Winred. You gotta have uh you gotta have some capabilities there, right? So they gotta see you as someone who can win. And so I actually dropped in the chat, um, my, my win red link um, on the zoom chat here. If you want to share that, you're more than welcome. Yeah. I'll get that um, out just, to everybody right now. Just open that up today. But, you know, if you look at, you look at where Marcy's at um, one thing that Marcy has done is um, you know, she's been very effective through some of the groups that she's, you know, she's involved with in Congress and she's leveraged that, you know, to her benefit. But just as recent as this year, Um, You talk about the labor and you talk about all the unions. Well, Marcy voted down HR 447, which would have given, um, it would have really, it would have given the Department of Labor um, the authority to give grant money um, and and develop an office of apprenticeships. Right. And Marcy voted that down. Um, I don't know why she did that. I mean, she's supposed to be pro-union, but, you know, maybe it's because conservatives like myself and like President Trump and the others are saying that, you know, the trades are the future of the United States. We got to get back to our roots. And while it's great to have a college degree, I mean, hell, I have a master's degree. Um, you know, the trades are, are missing from society today because we've had a democratic party that sold all of our jobs to China. So, you know, in, in their, in they're doing that, and, um, our, our youth and our, you know, our up and comers as they've matured and they've looked at what they wanted to be for the rest of their lives. They, they didn't see trades as an outlet and now it's becoming one again. It's it's there's a resurgence, and unfortunately, Marcy's not realizing that. And I think that uh, that shows you know her disconnect from the the community. Um, I think yep. that the Toledo community and you know all the counties here combined would be very upset to know that you know their children could have went to welding school or ironworker school or, or went to a journeyman electrician's program, and the government would have given them grant money for that. And now they can't do that because you know, the house voted it out. So, um, and and there may be an opportunity for that bill to come back, but I know Marcy voted it out and that's a shame. And the other thing is, you know, you look at Marcy's donors and, uh, you know, she's supported First Energy. First Energy is a company here locally. Um, They're the nuclear operating company. They've since been rebrandished under uh, the name of Energy Harbor because they went through a bankruptcy and they went through a, uh, uh, essentially a, a, a bill was or a, um, there was there was legislation passed, which basically the ratepayers bailed them out. And a lot of conservatives, um, I believe the um, Ohio, the state of Ohio um, House of Representatives, the chair of the, of the reps, he was actually caught up in a, uh, a bribery scheme. And so, you know, that's where her money's coming from. To me, that's dirty money. Uh, I actually worked for that company for 15 years. I left for a reason. And, um, hopefully that won't be something I talk about on the campaign trail because I still, uh, I still love the folks that work there. I still love the power plant. that's here in my community. And matter of fact, my boss, my, my former boss is now the vice president of the power plant here that, and you can see it from my house, you know? So, um, I, I love it here and I hope they stay and I hope they flourish, but you know, I don't see myself as an individual that's going to be taking money from PACs or super PACs. I, I see myself as a grassroots kind of guy, um, at least this first campaign. And, you know, once I get involved and in the larger organizations, larger outfits, see that, you know, I'm worth donating to, then, you know, the money will come after. But yeah. I think if I stay true to the message and just get enough money uh, that, that helps me push the narrative and helps me get on the six o'clock news here locally, I think that's all I need.
1: It's going to be tough. I mean, I think you're, you know, the the money you're going to need, it's going to be tough to limit your options as far as packs. And I think, uh, you know, at this point, you almost kind of have to play the game the way they play it in order to win. So I don't think anybody would blame you for doing whatever you have to do to raise the money to become a viable candidate. And I think. I think uh, not limiting yourself on that options is the best way to go. We, we're already at 10 minutes to the hour, bro, and I didn't even get a chance to really talk much about uh, some of these issues that I wanted to get to, but that's okay. Um, we've got, we got a whole other hour left, and we'll maybe get some calls in from some people to ask you some questions as if, as if you were their representative or, or as if you were running for office. I would hope to hear hear some uh, calls like that. Uh, one of the – I mean, we talked a little bit about Toledo. You mentioned Toledo. You're from Toledo, so that's a good thing. You're, you're going to be able to have those that roots there uh, to mm-hmm. be able to address the people people uh the the big topic of the day today is is uh you know first of all this this stimulus spending bill as well as hr1 let's start with hr1 um it, it, it to me it seems to be a a special interest disaster that is uh putting money in areas in order to be able to influence future elections as well as uh just special interest money in general to their the you know the uh, the establishment uh, politicians that have friends in the Democrat Party. Can you talk a little bit about HR one? Would you have voted for it? And what what do you think um, about the problem of special interest money and in all these bills? Well, I think you know HR one is a disaster. I think it's the Democrats
2: are doubling down, and they're trying to you know uh, create other ways in which they can cheat future elections. I think the you know the ghost is out of the closet there, or the boogeyman's out of the closet. We know how they did it the first time. And now they're looking, you know, to build uh, or develop building blocks in which they have, you know, different outlets coming up in in the twenty. I mean, they don't want to lose the primary, or excuse me, they don't want to lose the midterm. And historically speaking, you know, whatever candidates, the president, there's there's a huge percentage swing in that the op- the you know the opposition uh, will will end up taking at least the house if not the senate or both. And so I think they're looking to build that um they want to build that out they want to build that 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 other you know opportunity for themselves but i think personally speaking you know there's a huge huge um you know uh problem with just talking about how we finance campaigns how we you know um i hear a lot of people talking about um you know term limits and some of the you know what I wasn't even considering running for office when, you know, the, the, the guy that ran before me, um, Rob Weber, who um, I became friends with, um, and, and I helped him on the back end of his campaign here, running for the same seat that I'm going to be running for. You know, we, we, we discussed a lot of his campaign strategy and got to meet Mark Paquita. And I heard Mark Paquita one night, you know, uh, giving his message and he was big on term limits Yeah, and it got me thinking. And um, to tell you the truth, um, I strongly oppose term limits. I don't, I don't believe in it. I think, uh, I think the constitution and, and the, you know, the right that you have to run for office shouldn't be stripped away just because we have an establishment. I think we need to work to fix the establishment because right now it doesn't matter if I can only be in politics for four years. If the party still controls who becomes a candidate, uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll put their stamp on me and make me whoever they want. And then the next that guy that comes in or gal that comes in, they'll do the same thing to them. And they do that through controlling the funding, right? They pick and choose who they want because they give money to them. They they outspend and then they crank out candidates. Look at AOC, look at all these other folks, right? When, if, if AOC can only be in for four years, don't think that the Democratic Party wouldn't find another AOC and she'd just like her or worse. So we need to fix that. We need to make it, Um, So where any average Joe could become a politician and that um, competition course corrects who's in office, because if I could just wake up one day from my job cutting grass or or being a mechanic or being a plumber or, you know, being a a, a nuclear physicist, if I could just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to run for the next election. And it wasn't this daunting task. It wasn't something that was overly uh, monotonous and and intimidating. I mean, it took me one week, almost seven days to find a local bank that would um, take my political campaign because all these big banks don't do it no more. And one of the first things they ask you is what's your political affiliation, right? So, you know, I don't know if that's the uh, deciding factor, but I know that I was asked and I don't think I should have been, but I actually found a place today and that's what, you know, I was able to when red's been waiting on me for like six days to get my, my banking information to him. But I think, you know, all in all, we need to put our feet down as, as a people. And we need to stop, you know, our politicians and our parties from being frivolous with, with our money. And we need to um, you know, we need to make, we need to put some barriers together that, that prevents, special interest groups from lining the pockets of people uh, just because they're looking for, you know, an output of favorable legislation. I'm with and you. I mean, the no argument that, me. the argument no
1: that, um, that uh, uh, we need term limits, I agree with, because um, I, I think if you can, if you can spend uh, 12, 12 years in, as in the House and 12 years in the Senate, if you're in the D.C. for 24 years and you can't solve uh, the problems that you need to solve, then you need to go find something else to do. And because, Too many entrenched politicians become senior leaders, and they get they get too much control over what happens. But your point of saying that um, you know I say let the people decide. Yeah, competition votes people out, and letting the people decide uh, should be effective. The problem that we have is what we have now is that there's not there's too many people not running for office, and you end up people running unopposed for a long period of time. Um, So there's there's I definitely get the argument there for sure.
2: We we need to we need to build a framework and where people understand what it takes to run for office. We need to make it comprehensive, readily available for them. You know, just like starting a small business. Yeah. Five years ago, six years ago, people didn't know what it took to start a small business. They it was this intimidating process. Trump comes in, he reforms the SBA. Now these you know patriots are starting. You know, veterans are coming out of out of their service and they're starting up small businesses. There's been this renaissance, right? Yep. We need to apply that same school of thought. Towards running for politics I and it agree. doesn't matter what your political affiliation is it needs to be comprehensive for everyone and that's not there right now and you know if if we had that there and there was an intimidating factor that you know jr didn't think that he can get into office and sit there on his duff for 20 years you know if if i didn't think that i need to go in and, and chub up to you know mitch mcconnell or whomever else you know to to be part of the the good old boy society if, if I didn't have to worry about that, one, I could be more effective in, 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 you know, in my district, but two, you know, I would be um, entirely cognizant of the fact that I had to earn my stripes and my next campaign and my next, you know, term wasn't just a given because a lot of these folks, they, they believe that they sternly believe that they have, it's given to them. They don't even have to campaign. Marcy Captor is, is an example. She hasn't debated in like probably five or six elections and she probably won't because she feels as if she doesn't have to, it's given to her. And there's, yeah. there's conservatives that do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned Mark Paquita when we had him on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago and he literally said that a, a guy signed himself in or, or, or put himself in as a candidate, but he was too lazy to even go vote for himself. And you know how many votes he lost by one. one. So they're there to, to to me because, you know, you know, you've also kind of, uh, you know, lit a fire fire underneath my ass, to be honest with you, um, in the small town that I live in, in Illinois, about possibly getting involved in, in one way or another. And when I heard Mark say that and talk and hearing you guys talk about, you know, the fact that we just do not have enough candidates out there and how these positions are just being filled by anyone, uh, that that's that's a huge important factor. There's
2: millions of people out there. Well, there's thousands of people out there, like the three of us. Uh, I'm not this unique. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not like Bigfoot or a unicorn or somebody super special. I just have an opportunity. And the opportunity was given to me, one, because of my due diligence, but the other just because I was in the right place at the right time. And if other people, if, it, if you didn't need that, if you could take l- luck out of the equation, if you could take all these other factors out of the equation, which you can, and you can make them comprehensive. Jr. wouldn't be the only candidate, you know that that uh, that a bunch of great patriots are rooting for. There would be so many more. And right now, if you look at the races across the country, you look at the Senate hey. race in Ohio, for example. The only people JR, that you see, are you muted. No. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Okay.
2: Say the only people that you see throwing their names in the hat right now outside of Mark Buceta for Senate are millionaires or establishment. That's all you see. And that's because they're the ones that aren't, that they're not, they're not intimidated.
1: Yeah, man. It's um, you're, you're right on point that uh, the money in politics issue. If you address that issue, you, you solve the problem of, um, of uh, entrenched politicians. Um, Joe, you're totally locked up I, again. Okay. There you are. Um, one of the things uh, is, is Marcy's voting record. I'm just going to keep going until we get uh, past the segment and then we'll get, we'll move on. Um, Marcy's voting record here on OpenSecrets.org is, is, is posted, and she has some interesting things in here uh, that, that she's voted for or or initiated. A lot of them are just kind of worthless, pointless things that, that don't really help anybody here in America or anyone she's representing. Transforming Student Debt to Home Equality, uh, Equity Act of 2019. She wrote a bill saying that uh, student debt should be transformed into, into home equity. What is your thoughts about the student debt issue should should student debt be forgiven and what do you think about the idea of of taking somebody's debt from college and just saying hey you now have equity in a condo or an apartment um that we can leverage that to pay back what do you think about that idea um so
2: excuse me with respect to you know forgiveness of student loan debt you know I can tell you this. Um, I was a victim of predatory lending when I was going to college. Um, When Obama took over his presidency, there was a bill that was passed. I can't remember what it was, but, you know, I wasn't as, uh, I wasn't as astute at that, at that time, um, looking at the, you know, the, the politics that were ongoing, but I know that um, I had multiple student loans that were out and then all of a sudden those loans, I wasn't able to, to uh, combine them. It was, you know, I had to make single payments on, on certain loans and it, posed me a significant hardship, um, when I was, you know, starting out professionally, but that said, I've never been late on a student loan payment, um, that I, that I know of. I mean, there's been times where I've had to put, you know, put my loan payments on hold, but it was all legitimate and and legal. Um, but with respect to student loan forgiveness, no, I, I, I don't think that any debt should be forgiven per se, but I do think that there's opportunity for the government to look at those that were, you know, lending um with predatory intentions um but that, that's not being brought into the conversation it's just all about this car blanche you know um forgiveness and i don't think that's right i don't i don't think that you can uh you know a king that rules with a sword has no kingdom right and that's kind of like you're taking a sword to something that needs a scalpel so yeah you know i would i would push that that gets a, a much a much harder review and I don't think Joe Biden wants to do it. I don't think the Democrats really want to do it. I just think that that was something that they knew would be popular if they brought it up.
1: Do you, and do then, you think that the government's move towards um, federalizing student loans is the right move, or should we go back to how it kind of used to be where there was more competition but better, but more regulation with regards to the student loan process? What do you think about that, that in general? Um, I don't really know
2: the landscape, to be honest with you, um, but I know that when – you know, when, when the loans did become, you know, when they weren't private or when there wasn't competition, um, that's, that's around the time where, you know, my hardships came through. So, you know, I'd have to revisit how that affected me. And, you know, instead of pretending as if I, I I knew, you know, I would rather, you know, I would have to take the time to really look at it, but all in all, man, um, student loans and the way we, you know, It's again. It's another situation where we're trying to put a band-aid on a wound that needs stitches. We need to reform, um, you know, our collegiate system. We need to look at how much money these folks are making and how they're preying on society and all of the wealthy people that are going to school on on fake scholarships. And I mean, there's so much, um, you know, nepotism that comes into these programs, and there's so many nefarious things that that happen, and we're we're just you know ignoring them because. You know, we want to we want to uh, believe that we're touching the populace when really we're just going to do them another injustice by, you know, um, placing another law or, an, or passing another bill that we could probably leverage one that's already out there. We're just not doing it because they're frivolous. And with with respect to um, carrying your student loan and, and transforming it over to, you know, to a home loan or to to, you know, other other forms of debt in my mind, if, as long as you have an asset and that asset is, you know, you're capable of, of exchanging that asset to erase a debt. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see an issue where I do see an issue is that, you know, as it stands right now, a chapter 11 or a chapter 13 bankruptcy won't forgive you of your student loan debt, but it would forgive you of a home equity loan because your assets would be sold off and, you know, your creditors would take, you know, whatever's available through them through through sale. But, You know, that would be that would have to be something that's definitely considered, you know, in in the in the paradigm there. But I don't have an issue um, as I sit here today with, you know, transferring student loan debt into some other form of debt, as long as it's legal and as long as the creditors still get, you know, what they're what they're owed. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I wouldn't see an issue with that. It's clear do, that
1: um, that uh, Republicans and Democrats need to come together to address the student loan issue. It's it's a problem. That's a problem, and the way that it that it that it is being that colleges are being used. To put uh, our children into debt enslavement is a real thing, and the way the subsidies are are coming in from foreign powers is a big problem too. There's a big mess in our college system right now that needs to be addressed, and we need people like you there to help address it. Rolling. When you talk to Marcy about um, uh, stu- when you talk to Marcy about uh, um, the finance issue, she will argue that. Uh, that she she stands with you to help solve uh, to solve this problem. She introduced HJ Res 39 and HJ Res H Con 11. Basically, these are addressing the Buckley versus Vallejo ruling in 1972, which I read real quickly as I was prepping, and I don't really fully understand what in the hell is going on with this thing. But the, basically, what it comes down to this this uh, this uh, supreme court ruling in 1974 uh basically changed the federal election laws that put that originally put limits on individuals or groups that could donate money to political action committees somehow the supreme court rescinded a ruling on limits and since then there is less there's there states have don't have guidance from the federal government basically on uh, limits on uh, campaign finances, and it has thrown our campaign system in a, into a disaster. Um, she, she, she argues that the, that the Supreme Court ruled wrongly. I would actually tend to agree, based on a quick review of what I see here, it seems like she, uh, she would agree with you on the idea that uh, campaign limits on, on campaign donations and campaign financing in general – would be an issue but she's been there for 20 freaking years and she has actually not introduced anything to actually change the 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 way that financing is happening and it's it's one thing to talk into 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 you know uh, uh th- throw uh stuff at a wall and act like you want to solve the problem it's another thing to actually put legislation forward to to deal with it i hope that you get the opportunity to address this with her
2: yeah and, and that 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 like I said, when you look at just her voting record the I think she's only in 40 years I, I only think she's um, authored maybe seven or eight forms of legislation you know on our, as a you know as an individual um congresswoman so there's a gap there I mean I'm not saying again i'm'm I'm, I'm for a smaller government right I think we should be, i think as as Americans we're 100 percent competent to live our life you know the way we see fit. So long as we don't, you know, intrude nor impose on the on the on the rights of others, but, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, what what equates to a good congressman is a whole bunch of legislation. But I would think in 40 years, um, you'd have a you'd have a a much bigger footprint. And, um, you know, I think it just goes down to, again, some politicians are in cruise control. They think that it's a given. And I think Marcy is is one of them. I mean, if you look at the history and how she's came up, I mean, she's been Toledo born and bred. She's, you know, there, there's been, um, there was a high, um, you know, Eastern European population there. She fit in with that very, very, very well. And as those generations have moved or passed on or, you know, w- whatever the factor has, has been, you've seen a, 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 a you know, a decline in Marcy's um, votes, but somehow she's, she's stuck in there. And I think it really goes down to you know, there's the adage that the Democrats are for the trade unions and the Republicans aren't, and someone needs to come in and break that narrative.
1: Yeah. I, I, think I have you're history right.
2: to do it. You know, I I was, a the, you know, at, at, uh, 23 years old, I negotiated a, um uh, I was, I was in the union I negotiated the first, the first pay increase for the company I was working with, uh, um, or, for a group of security officers, um, in the, in the, uh, nuclear industry. Um, they were, Uh, They hadn't had a pay raise in like 18 years. And, um, you know, we got them over like a $12 an hour raise and it wasn't even a month or two after, you know, we negotiated that contract that I was promoted into management, but you know, it, it, uh, it, it, I know what it, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be in the union. I know what it's like to be a part of that. And um, you know um, I'm not necessarily, I can't, I'm not anti-union. I'm not pro-union, um, I honestly don't care. I think it's up to the people and, you know, whatever they choose to be. I think the and issue if-
1: should be with public sector unions and do, do public sector unions like police unions and teachers unions and, you know, county unions and alderman unions and all of these things that are part of what are supposed to be services to the people, are those a benefit to – to uh, that, are we seeing a benefit – in public sector unions. And I think the, the full on answer to that is absolutely not. We are not seeing benefit. Right. We are seeing greater state debt. We are seeing bigger problems with, uh, allowing, uh, get, getting rid of bad teachers and we're getting, uh, People moving in, in the government from one job to the next job to the next job, collecting five and six and seven pensions. Uh, it's an issue that definitely needs to be addressed. And, I, I, you know, again, these are a lot these are things that you're going to get a chance to talk about. Uh, one other thing that's uh, lo- that's important to the people of Toledo and uh, the, the mistake by the lake in general, that whole uh, group up there, that's a beautiful area. Uh, I got a chance to go down downtown Cleveland and hang out down by the Riverwalk and stuff there, and hang out uh, over over on that side of the of the lake. There's there's a a beautiful middle class uh, upper or I shouldn't say upper, I'll say middle class uh, uh, um, minority community on the on the east side of Cleveland. There's there's big time uh, inner city um, uh, uh, minority communities in uh, in um, Toledo. But the one thing that brings everybody together that's on the lake is the, the want to save and pre- prepare the lake for future generations and make sure that, that the Great Lakes issues that are, that are facing us, which are massive, uh, which was addressed by the Trump administration and, and the EPA under President Trump to solve the Great Lake waterway issues with invasive species and uh, the Great Lakes Seaway Project, which is massive for, for, tra- for uh, uh, shipping in the area and massive for industry in the area. All of these issues are, are a big issue for your constituents. When you talk about what President Trump did for the Great Lakes Seaway Project as well as um, the the Great Lakes and invasive species in general, what kind of things that you want to look forward to to continue to make sure that uh, that our lakes and your shorelines are taking care of parks and stuff like that in the future?
2: Well, the first thing I think is we need to look at our ports. Um, we need to look at how we can leverage our lakeside to, you know, give back Um, to the community from you know with with respect to creating jobs here in our in our area I mean we have if you go across the country and you look at waterfront communities they're just entrenched with small businesses they're flourishing I mean go up go up into Michigan and go hang out on like Lake Fenton or some of the smaller lakes and everywhere you go you know there's these small little niche communities that you know people vacation at they it's just little cornerstones of America is what I'd like to call it. And we have um, a huge lakefront here in the Toledo area and in this in the ninth District. And, you know, Port Clinton um, is, you know, there's a there's a huge development downtown that's ongoing. But if you drive down the main street of Port Clinton on the waterfront, you see a Burger King, you see a Frisch's Big Boy, you see a bunch of hotels, and then you see a bunch of uh, charter boats uh, establishments and maybe one or two restaurants. And why am I saying that is because that's your developed lakefront a Burger King restaurant, right? Why does a Burger King restaurant own lakefront property? Because nobody else wants it. Why don't they want it? Because there's nothing in the city, right? So what we do have here is we have the Jet Express, which is a catamaran boat. It's, it's the biggest boat on Lake Erie and in, it uh, it it leaves and you know gets you out to the Erie Islands where there's a bunch of, you know a bunch of things that you can do out there. Um, it's bachelor and bachelorette parties are pretty famous out there. There's a huge set of restaurants and bars and and attractions and you know um, they have they have a lot of things to do there. But all poor Clinton does is it serves as the what they call us the walleye capital of the world and the home of the Jet Express. And you know I don't know about many people in this community but and i love the jet express i love what they bring to the community but i don't want my downtown to just be you know home of the jet express i don't want it to be a liftoff to another vacation area i want this to be a vacation area i want people to want to come here and i have i'm i fortunately live in a in a what i would consider a vacation area in Portland. i live on the outskirts of of the town but you know i live in a boating community i mean i have, I have a dock and i have there's you know ca- canals are cut out here and You know, in the summer, this is like, you know, everybody drives a golf cart and everybody's out having a good time. Everybody knows each other's names. I mean, this is the kind of community that I think poor Clinton uh, desires but doesn't have. But if you take that and you, it it just transcends to every other city here on the waterfront. Toledo, um, I grew up in Toledo, and um, they've been struggling with what they, they should do with their waterfront for as long as I can remember. And I still don't believe that they've developed it to its true potential but one of the things that toledo has is they have ports and you know the the toledo express airport is one of them and you have the lakefront ports there's i think we're missing a golden opportunity there to to you know update our ports and and get us to be competitive with some of the other large ports across america and stop wasting our money we have general motors we have we have jeep we have all of these other factories there that are You know, shipping all of their products out on rail car when they could be taking advantage of our beautiful waterfront and, you know, and sending some of their products out that way. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't take much to do these things. We just need to put the right minds towards them. And these things bring jobs back to the community, you know, and, and, and there's a lot to be said about, you know, Toledo, Ohio, which, which, which once was known as, you know, the glass city, still is the glass city, but was the glass capital of the world. And uh, now I would, I would, you know, wager to say they're probably 10th in line and that's a shame, you know, it's a shame and we need to look at how we can further leverage our landscape, you know, to give back to, you know, the, the economy. I don't think we do that. I think we, we look at it uh, with, with other lenses that just aren't um, conducive with the, the overall success of, 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 you know, our, our region in Ohio.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's an, important, it's an important issue to all of us. I mean, you know, I'm Joe, and I are Chicago, Detroit, Detroiters, and I'm in, I'm in Wisconsin now. Uh, our Lake Lake Michigan is is uh, the highest level it's ever been. It's set a record this year, and it, and there's a there's a lot of ways that the that uh, the water in these lakes, you know, sustain life all around uh, for states after states. It's an important issue that you know I if I want my federal government to do something, it's you know, you know, revamp the 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 lake fronts. It's it's f- figure out how to deal with invasive species. It's it's um, put you know just don't throw money at these issues, but but solve these problems. And yeah. These are the things that I want my representatives to be doing, and I look forward to seeing you know the the future of uh, of how you can change that. I hope uh, it's going to be awesome to see that. Um, yeah, chat in general is asking about. Um, about uh, constitutional carry. Constitutional carry isn't really a question for a representative. I'll ask you in general, though, J.R. Joe, go ahead if you want to add to this. Uh, but your thoughts on, on the left and their uh, attempts to go after guns and your thoughts on legislation, on further gun le- legislation. I'm all for constitutional carry. I think that,
2: that to me, constitutional carry is the the most accurate depiction of our Second Amendment right. I don't think that you need to go ask permission uh, to carry a weapon if if that's your constitutional right i just don't i don't i can't wrap my mind around and i can wrap my mind around almost every other thing that i've heard out of our government but you know having to go get a permit uh to to you know uh get permission to um utilize my second amendment right just doesn't make sense to me what makes sense is they're trying to make a buck off of it that's about all that makes sense to me and i think I think there's enough opportunities here um, from a local and state perspective, you know, where they're making a quick buck off the people. I don't think that, uh, you know, going after weapons and, and, you know, you make, when you make things like this, uh, when you bring them into gray space, when it's clearly black and white, when you create gray, all you do is create, uh, you know, create confusion. And it's, it's a sad day when you can't, you know, Even if they were to have, you know, I I don't mind states that choose to adopt, you know, having concealed carry permits, Um, but if if I was the lawmaker, if I could wave a magic wand, you know, constitutional carry is, to me, the purest depiction of our Second Amendment rights, and I I believe in it wholeheartedly. I I would back a bill if it was brought up.
1: Love it. Good stuff. Good answer. All right. Um. So basically, I want to transition here. I got all my questions in, all my good stuff in here. Good stuff. I want to do uh, a. Uh, I going to act like I'm Jim Acosta or some some jackass on the uh, CNN and throw some throw some challenging questions. I don't know if I. I'm just gonna wing it. So I don't know how challenging it's gonna be for you. But we're just gonna play, have a little fun. You only get 20 seconds to answer. So you only get. I mean, you'll basically this is this is CNN where I have more important things to do to talk about like. Um, you know race in, in preschool and why it's a problem. So I need to get back to those stories. In the meantime, I want to get uh, I want to ask you jr, uh, since you are running for representative for your local uh, district in, in Ohio 8, um, you organized and were there at the rally in DC with violent QAnoners during the insurrection of the Capitol on DC. You were a main player in getting a lot of people to and from that place when this violent insurrection happened. Why do you think that you were a good representative for the people of Ohio?
2: Well, first off, I don't know what it takes to uh, constitute a QAnoner, um, I don't think that even is something that's real. But second, um, The individuals that went with me to DC on January 6th were just a bunch of proud patriots. Um, I would hate to call, you know, the 50 some year old grandmother who or the nurse or the grandfather that were with me, I would hate to call them a Q and honor and have them look at me and ask me what that is so. That's a label I just can't endorse. But
1: We at CNN here just did a show the other day about QAnoners. It's definitely a thing, and they're a violent insurrection group that's being led by uh, some online poster who is, is – is, uh, there's, there's been several acts of violence caused by this group, and you have aligned yourself with these people. Tell me why somebody like you that aligned yourself with a violent group like them uh, represents Ohio in a positive way. Well, I don't
2: I would I would have to say that uh, you know, I, I look at the QAnon group as a as a if you wanna call them that. I, I look at them as a bunch of people that were tired of being misled by the mainstream media. There was information put out there in the internet and they had curious minds like I would expect all Americans to have. And they looked to find information for themselves. They turned off the TV and they went out and they read the notes of the, you know, of the Congress. They looked at the laws, they they listened to all different forms of media, but they found a common ground in the fact that they thought that uh, everybody was lying to them. And five people died believed. at the Capitol, sir.
1: Five people died at the Capitol, and you helped organize a group of several people to be there. Are you proud that you were there? And are you proud that the group that you organized resulted in the death of five people? I'm absolutely
2: proud of the fact that I went to the, you know, to to the country's capital in support of the president. And the five people that died chose to be there. Um, you know, I, I can't, I can't, uh, comment on their untimely deaths, but I know that one, one person died right next to me and it wasn't because of QAnoners. It was because of, a a Capitol police force that decided, decided to use their less, less than lethal, um, um, tactics in, in, I would say an unpractical way. And, uh, so there's millions of people that die all across the country. There's thousands of people that have died in these anti-JR. The, the FBI, the
1: FBI riots. has put out several warnings about these these people that they're very worried about more violence coming on this. This isn't actually a thing. And the fact that you aligned yourself with this group really really worries me for the people of Ohio. I think you'll I think you have an issue here on this front, and I think you should address it head on. These people are violent insurrectionists, and I, just just dodging the question isn't gonna be isn't gonna solve the problems for the people of Ohio. Well, I don't,
2: I don't think that it's, I don't think there's legitimacy in calling these folks violent. No, you're doing a good job. I don't think, I don't think there's legitimacy in calling them violent. I really don't. I think that uh, there were some, there were some folks there that decided to be violent, but look, I have an Ozzy Osbourne t-shirt in my closet. I'm not biting off the heads of bats. Okay. So (laughs) let's just put it that way. You know, this, 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 it is what it is. You make a decision as an individual and as a person lead the life that you want to live no one makes decisions for you and in every situation in life you're never a victim you're always a volunteer so if you choose to act and behave a certain way you know that that's your own decision that's the decision you need to carry you need you need to carry the the you know the circumstances that surround it and i didn't engage in any violent behavior the 50 to 60 plus people that were with me none of them did um, in fact well sir the people, FBI
1: seems to think there's a little bit different there on that front they have visited, well, they, they have visited the many FBI of the people that were us. there did, they, did well, the, the FBI, FBI visit con- your house are Are they worried about you
2: being an insurrectionist I don't think that's your business but the FBI contacted us and none of us did anything illegal or unlawful so here I sit today as a lawful citizen with no criminal record so I think you've answered the question
1: to yourself <laughs> fuck yeah I love it that's as best I got good shit man good, good shit <laughs> and it's gonna come yeah. it's gonna happen
2: yeah. it will it will, it will, but you know what? The records there, right? The records there. The first time I was on TV, uh, the first time I was on, you know, Fox News, I wore a Q shirt. I explained the story on why I wore it. Uh, I've been consistent every time in, in in telling, you know, how I came across Q. I've been a a, a conscious spectator, and um, you know, I've 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 been a devil's advocate on every one of these, you know, drops and things like that. That I've never read the Q drops. I've never been to the boards, but when they've been, you know, when things have been brought to me, you know, I, I give it the best that I can, um, you know, from my perspective, but uh, good stuff. You know, man. I've things and that was fun. Gotten me negative attention just as much as it has positive. So, yeah,
0: that was <laughs> yeah, fun. I was going to, I was going to mention that too when I was talking about how I was following you from back then and that was the other thing I was gonna say, man. Nothing like going on a Fox News interview with a Q shirt. Uh, you were my hero even more then.
1: Uh good stuff, Jay. That was fun, bro. And as I appreciate yeah. it. So I I wanna uh, I wanna let the let the um, shades down. What what am I looking here? Let the hair down a little bit. No, I don't know. I want to just relax for the rest of the show and just kind of chill with people for about a half hour. The call in link is on. If you guys want to hop in and ask him a question, say hi to Jr. or just chill with us. Let us know what was going on in the news today. Uh, We can do that. Um, JR, I appreciate you being here with us, man. I look forward to what else, I, what else we can do to to prepare you. Um, I had I had a list of other of other questions that you're going to get from like the mainstream media. Maybe we'll do that again sometime in the future. What do you since since you've been back, you you and Pixels and I asked Pixels to come on today, but he's got a bunch of stuff going on, so I can yeah. understand that. But I want to have you and Pixels on to talk about the show. Can you tell us a little bit about Ear Candy? What's the show about? What do you hope to uh you know how do you prepare for it? What do you what do you want for the show to be? And then what what kind of time frames do you guys go live? Uh, What's your show schedule at? So we go live every Tuesday and
2: Saturday um, from 11 to 1, 11 11 p.m. Eastern to 1 a.m. Eastern. Um, But Saturdays always seem to go from, you know, 11 to whenever Jr. gets tired of talking. So um, pretty much open-ended for, you know, a marathon, a potential marathon on Saturdays. But, you know, we started the show... Um, really because, you know, I, I saw, um, just there was so much engagement coming out of, you know, let's say your show or, you know, to follow up the method show and, and there's the time slots kind of run back to back. Right. And, um, I, I could, I could gauge the, I don't know, just, just the feel of things where, you know, people were just missing an opportunity to just sit back and hang out and chat. Right. And so, um, I had, when I, you know, um, developed and put together my personal YouTube channel, which has since become Ear Candy, I've renamed it. But uh, um, when I got the, you know, the amount of followers that were needed or the amount of uh, audience members that were needed to go live, um, I would go on and, you know, just at random because I've always said I'm not a, when when I got into this, I really looked at, so I know that I have a potential to crush, absolutely crush anything I put my mind to. So if I wanted to be a broadcaster and a live streamer and I wanted to do this professionally and quit my job, if I put my mind to it, I could do it. And I would knock it out of the park. I know that. okay? But I didn't want to do that. And I also know, along with my personality, some people can, can easily see that I could potentially be, let's say, a competition in some form or fashion. So I wanted to eliminate that right out of the gate. I wanted it to be known that I'm not going to be a live streamer. I'm not here to hijack anybody's platform. I'm not here to do any of those things. I'm not going to sell you my merch. I'm not going to do any of that. But somewhere along the way, you know, I got addicted to the fact that I could turn on my YouTube channel, throw on my camera, and just a hundred and some people would show up on a random Saturday and just coke and joke with me, right? I liked it. Yeah. because I can't just walk out in the front porch and, you know, a bunch of people show up and we start talking about president Trump. Right. And you know, I can't do that. And my wife will shoot me. If I, if I talk politics all day, every day, And my Rottweilers just want to play. So, you know,
1: <laughs> it, it, it,
2: it, you're limited. Right. And so, um, I got addicted to that and, um, methods came on a show one day and, you know, he was saying that, dude, this is, pr-, he just came on, just randomly called in. I would open up the zoom and, he just randomly called in and we talked for, man, probably like an hour and a half, two hours. And every time that I would have these, you know, random live streams, pixels would come on because I was, uh, um, you know, um, what's the OBS was foreign to me at the time. Right. Gotcha. And so, um, he was there as kind of like technical support, you know, slash um, helping a brother out, right. Making sure I didn't run off the rails. So After doing that a couple of times, you know, methods have brought up. He's like, dude, that's just a great show idea, man. You guys could really, really do good. Now here's methods telling me to do that. But in my mind, I'm thinking why I've told everybody all along, I wasn't going to do something like this. Right. (laughs) And I was totally against it because it just, I'm very ethically and principally sound. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I say I'm not going to do something, I don't do it. So what did I have to do? I had to put it into a framework that I could live with. And that was putting together ear candy, right? We're not the news. It's an opportunity for everybody to come hang out and chill. Um, we do ha- we do take donations, but all those donations go right to Pixels. So I'm not making a dime off of it. Um, you know, you see all the graphics that you got here. Um, this is this is me, right? I put all this together. Pixels taught me how to use OBS. And <laughs> I can, you know, I'm a magician at the damn thing now. Or a couple months ago, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right?
1: But, Get you your know, master's um, on uh, streaming software. Yeah,
2: yeah. so... It's just, it's another avenue for me to, to grow and, um, you know, reach more people. And, you know, if I can, you know, if I can do that on a weekly basis and, or, you know, twice a week and now granted the show is, has, uh, you know, had a couple opportunities where we've, we've crashed and, you know, I've had to delete the episode, but, you know, for the most part, you know, it's been, it's been a really cool experience, really cool experience.
1: Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we are supposed to go on the Keystone Channel tonight, but that's not supposed to be till seven hour time. That is an hour and a half from now, Keystone. That is when I don't know if we got the the schedule mixed up there, but that's what that's when we do the the show over there. Uh, let me get uh, Joe in here. Texans in the house, and when we get Texans in here, and uh, anyone else who wants to call in, phone lines are open. Feel free to hop in there anytime.
0: Hey, Jr. Yeah, I just wanted to talk real quick about your uh, your show, Eye Candy. Um, You know, I think it's a great uh, platform that you guys got there. It's just a a kind of a goofy little, um, you know, chit chat is is really all it's about. But the last show you had, you had on somebody that um, was uh, a real big inspiration to a lot of people. Can you just touch on that real quick? Yeah. So um,
2: during the show with Red Pill, um, it was brought to me that, um, you know, the Ohio... Uh, opioid crisis is pretty serious and it's impacted a lot of people and a lot of people's families. And how would I handle that in Congress? Is that something that I would be willing to take on as a, as a platform issue? And if so, you know, what would I do? And so my feedback was that, you know, um, even though, you know, whatever people's perceptions are of me, um, whatever their thoughts of who does JR hang out with and who does JR associate with, people would be surprised to know that, one of my closest friends is a former, you know, felon and a, a heroin, former heroin addict. And he's also become a guy that I call brother and he's now my tattoo artist. And, uh, you know, I decided that, uh, well, my message was that I think that Congress is extremely out of touch. And I think that our lawmakers are extremely out of touch with, you know, the real population. And what I would do as a Congressman is I would reach out to, you know, the network of folks that I have and, um, I would bring the professionals to the table, the people that have experienced it. And he would be, you know, a person that, that I would tap as a, as, as brain power. And so bringing him on the show and getting him to share his story was one, a testament to, you know, show people that I do associate with folks like that. I do believe in people. I do believe that people can change and, you know, he's living proof of it. But the other part of it is, is to show the human side of him, what he's gone through and the fact that. You know he's grown to a man that doesn't accept excuses, and I think that that is a, a missing link when it comes to the crisis, as just as much as I is uh, saying the system failed, because the system has failed. It's it's just like any other thing in society. It's become about the
0: dollar. Yeah, it's he really I mean, he really has a great story. That's why I wanted to touch on it. But just to kind of show another side to you, too, because even people that may have had problems in the past, you're the kind of person that looks past that and realizes that people do get second chances. They really do. And and the second chances that people get, not everybody gets them. And this guy got one and he has, you know, just talking about him right now is giving me the chills because of his story, what he's been through um, but one of these days, man, I really and honestly, truly, I want him to do a tattoo on me. I don't care how much it costs because he is badass, and to be yeah, able dude. to spend some time with him—you know, an eight-hour day or something—with him would just be a great conversation overall. So I just oh, wanted to bring that up real quick. Uh, he's a great dude, and and you are too as well, Texan. I see you in the background there, brother. How are things going? You got a question here for Jr. You're muted. You're you're muted, uh Texan.
3: Man, to... Unmute, how's that? There you go. There we go, brother. What's good, brother? Uh, I'm like Abe, I'm hell on the mute button. Anyway, uh yeah, I got a question for JR. Uh where do you stand on uh constitutional carry?
2: Um, that's one of the things we talked about just probably well ten minutes ago, but um, yeah, I'm.
3: I, I, I put it in the. I'm sorry, I put it in the chats, and then uh, I got a phone call, and I missed it. And but oh, no I, I really, I, I really want to know where you stand on that.
2: I I personally believe that uh, constitutional carry is is the is the purest representation of our rights, our Second Amendment rights. I personally don't feel that we need to go ask permission to um to utilize and our rights as as Americans. I think it's constitutionally given to us. I even have I'll be honest with you guys I even have a I even have a little bit of me that doesn't like the fact that felons can't come out and get reformed and carry a gun. I I I, re- I really don't like that. Uh I think everybody has the right to protect themselves. And um you know if a felon wants a gun they're going to go get a gun. You're just going to put them into their past to go get it. You know the, the guns are not hard to find, they're not hard to make. Uh you know slapping a, a, a you know a restriction on someone um just because again if the system worked if the system worked the way we we like to say it does and people go in and they serve their time when they come out then you know there should be that history there uh, that stamp there that says that they've they've committed that crime but if they go through reform um there's nothing that should should stop them um from from promoting and and having a firearm in my opinion Uh, i don't think they're gonna you know i don't think they're gonna cause i don't think they're now I do, I do think that, uh, these things could be, that that could be a very, uh, you know, over- overarching answer and no question is easily answered that, you know, that easy, but I, I do think there's a, there's scenarios where you have to look at them on a case by case, case by case basis. And I do th- think that there are certain crimes that should prevent you, but just the, you know, right now it's, you know, a felony and that's it. You know, I, I think they should, uh, I think gov- the government and the federal government, the state government, should look at that, you know, from a different lens. I I, I, well, I just truly don't think you should take away someone's rights just because.
3: Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you answering that, and I'm sorry that I asked the same question over again. But like I said, I missed it, and I really wanted no, no to know what problem. you had to say about that. And uh, you know, I ag- I agree with you, man. Uh, but you know, I do believe there are stipulations on that. I mean, once once you've been committed, once you've been committed of a felony. And, you know, uh, you, you've done your time, you know, and you've done it flawlessly. And like you said, it's supposed to be rehabilitated the first time, you know, I think that you should, your rights should be reinstilled. Now, if you're a repeat offender two or three different times and they're violent and they're, they're felonies. No, then I, then I think that right should be stricken. But I I believe, I believe in that one time, that second chance, like y'all were talking about.
2: Yeah. There's a, there's a very, very, um, you know um complex set of 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 parameters and factors and decision points that should go into that decision but i think that our effort as a government should be to you know ensure that rights are retained not taken away we should do everything to make sure that people are given their rights and their rights are restored but instead we do everything to make sure that they're taken away and stripped and that's not the right behavior you know i give you you a, a quick quick story um Last last week, I was contacted by a gentleman who lives in uh, my township, and the local board of trustees were trying to pass a law. Uh, this is an unzoned township. They were trying to pass a law that uh, would cause, you know, the would give the authority to the township township trustees to um, lay lay claim on what is considered um, essentially too many vehicles on your property. And the reason why is because he has a a house that he bought and he bought it, you know, predominantly for the land. It has a house on it. No one lives there. He uses it as a place where he can go and just work on cars. Now, some of the, when you drive by the house, you may look at it and think, Oh, that's kind of like a junkyard, but really not. And it is an eyesore. It doesn't look, you know, very attractive, but at the end of the day, uh, he bought the house in the County because it's unzoned and because he can use it. And the the vehicles that he has the, you know i'd say 90% of them are on he's probably got 40 or 50 vehicles on the property it's not a small property but it's not tremendously big but regardless he called me and said look i'm i have the board of trustees are getting ready to pass this this law it's unzoned what can you do to help me and so last night we went and, and we discussed everything and and i stood up and i talked and i told them that you know it's a slippery slope when you um as trustees even though you have the right to take this motion and pass it and give yourself the power to arbitrarily decide what's junk and what's not. um, Why would you want to do that to yourself? Why would you not instead try to use some of the uh, $400,000 that you have in the townships trust fund and try to inspire people in the community to work together and, you know, give some people some help because there may be someone in there. They have about five cars in their yard and they just may have not worked for a year because of the government and COVID and all those other things. Why would the community not search out for a way to help each other rather than punish? And the entire narrative was changed. The building, the the, the motion didn't get passed and a uh, whole bunch of people were ecstatic last night because of it. And normally five or six people show up, but last night there was probably 50 and uh, they all showed up because, you know, the guy that reached out to me, we, we worked together and reached out to you know people in the community and there was a bunch of uh, emotion in that, in that, uh, in that township hall meeting last night, you know, um, I got the opportunity to put my, put my skills on display and uh, everybody walked out of there. Even the, even the trustees walked out of there. I think with a better understanding of what the people wanted, but two to understand that giving themselves power is a very dangerous thing. And so, you know, another example, right? Let's figure out how we can help versus how we can punish. And if we adopt that behavior, you know, people genuinely want to do the right thing in life. They don't want to be bad people. And Good stuff.
3: keep that Pre- in the forefront of our minds.
1: Appreciate that, Texan. Two more callers. Any last thoughts before I let you go, bro?
3: No, uh, uh, Jr. God bless you, man. I, I really you, hope. Uh, I really hope you win your bid there for your seat. And uh, you know, you got my support anyway. You guys take care. I'm gonna step off, and I'll see y'all down the road. All uh, right,
0: Texan. Great call, brother. Take
1: care. Be safe out there, brother. Much love, Tex. Appreciate you very much. Let me look at the next caller here. We're going to try to get these last two in as quick as possible. we got AOC in the house, and then uh, uh, 516, we'll get to you in just a moment. Let me get uh, AOC in here, and uh, we'll see what's going on with him. Good. Th- thank you, chat, for everyone out there. Don't forget, uh, in about an hour, we'll be over at the Keystone Channel hanging out with them uh, for about an hour or so, so that'll be fun. Uh, and then um, uh, also tomorrow uh, lost my schedule tomorrow who, Oh, uh, Crypto, Crypto Beatles. is here Beatles. Yeah, Crypto so Beatles um, for those of us that are Ignorant and don't know what the hell we're talking about With regards to Crypto. Well, we're gonna do like a. Uh, cra- I'm gonna get a crash course tomorrow from someone who knows what the hell he's talking about. Same here. And and uh, give you guys kind of an insight into what he's doing uh, to help uh, Patriots out all around the world as well. So stand we'll by for Crypto beetles tomorrow. That's gonna be a lot of fun. AOC's in the house. AOC. I only got like like uh, five minutes for you, bro. Make it quick. What do you got? Uh Looks like he's broke. What's
4: up, yeah. AOC? You there, brother? I just started robotting, didn't I? Yeah. Sounds funky all of a sudden. Anyway, just want to call in and say uh, we're all behind you. You got this. This is going to be a landslide. And uh, let's do this thing. Take back America.
2: And need some Thanks, cake in
4: fact.
2: He's working the parking lots.
4: I'm right under the air no i'm I'm, uh there's all sorts of action there's like 10 birds up in the sky right now Uh f-15 about eight of them sniffers and all sorts of action so all the photographers are out at the end of the runway it's fun nothing better doing this now
1: (laughs) it does sound like fun
2: thanks man i appreciate you dude you've been one of the guys that supported me ever since the beginning and I, i i appreciate you and your friendship man it's been it's been an awesome experience man
4: well, you're a very deserving guy, and you put your money where your mouth is and your actions where your words are. And so what more can we help we ask of a fellow citizen, much less somebody running for an office in the Congress, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's who we need in there, people like us and here yeah, that, that's,
2: that's one thing I'll say, and I've said it before on other shows. I might not be in your district. You might not be able to vote for me, but there's uh, plenty of ways you can support because I don't need to be in your district and to be from your state and your area uh, to have your common, you know, to share in our common beliefs, right? So um, I'm going to do the best that I can in Congress to represent the people, but damn it if I'm not going to be representing every true red-blooded American out there because that's all I know. So with that in mind, I mean, you know, This is the grassroots race. It's a grassroots effort, so every dollar counts. And uh, the last thing that um, I ever do and that I've ever done throughout this whole process is ask for money, and uh, this time I need to.
1: Well, we got the link out there in the chat, everyone. Do me a favor. If you can't help, or either way, whatever you can do, Grab the link and just post it wherever you can on your social media and say, help a fellow Patriot, uh, in a tough race. We need your help. And let's get some fundraising going for JR. But it has to be, you have to, you have to share it out as far as you can on your own. So just create the individual, you know, grab the link, paste it into a post and say, help a fellow Patriot out. Um, and then keep sharing those as much as you can while you're out there on social media. And let's see what the, the Patriot community can do to help JR. And we'll continue to do fundraising from now until. Well, the day you get elected, so we'll be continuing to do that and helping to support uh, y- yourself and Mark Paquita. Um We're going to have other uh, uh, representatives on from Ohio, too. Ohio is an important state, and we need to be making sure that we stay engaged over there for sure. AOC, any last thoughts before I grab the last caller right in here? we got about uh, 10 minutes left on the show.
4: Uh, just that everybody dig deep out there, you know, and a famous a famous wise, wise person once said, it's not about the money. It's about the fucking money, you know, so dick deep, <laughs> you know. And that's how you get ads. That's how you get the narrative, the right narrative out there. So, you know, if you thought it hurt giving 50 to his camp, give a hundred and God <laughs> bless America.
0: Amen, well, brother. All right. Bye as, for now, guys. Take care. See, Good to see you, brother.
2: As long as you're paying your bills and feeding your kids first. All right. Bye for now.
0: Yes. Yes. Please take care of yourself first. <laughs> Appreciate you, uh,
1: ALC, big time, I man.
2: I wouldn't live too far with knowing that I'm, you know, somebody's donating money
1: instead of buying Pampers. That, that, <laughs> would, that would hurt my heart. Right? Uh, no kidding. All right. Let me get. Uh, we got two callers left. See if we can fit both these into the top of the hour. Uh, let me get five one six in here. Uh, first of all, five one six, hit pound six to unmute your phone if you could. Uh, and I think I set my Zoom settings to automatically mute people, which is, might cause a problem. Did it work? Hey five guys, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. My five...
5: brother, can you hear me? Yeah, oh, is is this, Bruce? Bruce Q
2: this is Bruce. This <laughs> hey, is Bruce. Hey, JR
5: What's up, brother? My brother from another mother with tattoos
2: all over his body. <laughs> What's up, dude?
5: I got to ask you a really serious question. Aside from your immediate goals for your state as a local representative of Ohio, can you please tell us what your long-term aspirations are to stay in Congress or not?
2: Um, You know, it depends, man. Um, I like to, I like to take every battle as it, as it comes and take every challenge as it comes. Um, you know, like I said, to, to preface, you know, any thoughts that I would have, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe in the term limits thing. So You know, if the two years comes and, you know, my constituents want me to stay in office, I will. Um, One thing that's a challenge for me is going to be leaving the industry that I'm in. That's a it's an ever moving industry. It's highly technological. And uh, it's going to be hard for me to leave that industry and then jump right back in. You know, so, um, you know, leaving is a huge risk for me. It's a huge career decision and it's a huge pay cut. So, you know, I'm going to have to think about that. But um yeah the sky's the limit, man. Um somebody just tell me I can't be president and we'll just see what happens.
5: <laughs> hey Jr. What's that? You
2: can't, yeah. you can't be president. You can't be president. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Uh, again, man, uh, I don't I don't want to be the president of the United States of America. I won't lie to you. I do not want to be the president. And I mean that. I'm not just saying it. Um, I want to inspire people that want to be the president. I want to inspire people that want to be congressmen, and um, I hope that you know we have some people that that come out of this entire you know uh, paradigm that we're dealing with now on a national level, and they take keys from people like us to you know um, you know ingrain themselves with their communities, both you know socially and politically, and. They, they, they realize they can make a difference, but you can't make a difference sitting on your ass on the couch. you got to go out and do something. And uh, until people start doing that, this this is the uh, – we, we get what we deserve, garbage in, garbage out. So, um, you know, I'm willing to get out there and take the garbage out. Amen to that,
5: and uh, God bless all of you, and you have God on your side, Jr. Just keep doing what you're doing. Abe, Joe, same thing, brothers. Just keep doing what you're doing. Much love to all of you, and it was amazing hanging out with you all during uh, Jan 6. And uh, we, need, we need to have another rally, Jr. We need to have a, uh, a rally to help support you. So let us know when that comes about, and we'll have a nice big party in your backyard again.
2: I'm thinking I'm thinking the May time frame we're going to do something like that. That's, that's, that's definitely something that uh, me and Mr. Red Pill have been talking about already.
5: All right, very good. I will do everything in my power to make sure I'm there. Thanks, brother. All right, much love, guys. I'm almost at my location. I'm going out to dinner with a business partner. I will talk to you soon.
1: Hey, take care of yourself, Bruce Wayne. God God bless you, brother. Uh, We'll Keep calling in. Thank you, brother. Much love, Bruce Wayne. Good to hear from you, brother.
5: Same back at you, brothers. Ciao.
1: Bruce Wayne in the house hanging out with us. That's pretty cool. Good to hear from him. And finally, our last caller for the day, uh, poor, Trisha, poor Trisha had to wait forever for me to get her in here, and now we're just trying to get her audio uh, connected. Let's see if we can, if I can facilitate that. Uh, let's see. Hmm, Trisha, I am not sure why your audio didn't connect, but but uh, bottom uh, there it is. It's trying again. There we go. Now now she just got to unmute herself, and she's all set. Cool, so we should have uh, Tricia in here in a moment. Uh, Thank you guys all out there in chat, over there in Foxhall, appreciate you guys. Uh, Capable and Texas Girl, thank you for for everything you've been doing. Uh, TAMGR, appreciate you. Leah Worth, yes, please do call in sometime. Uh, Anna Q, God bless you. Thank you for joining us here today. Donnie, oh, also uh, JR, uh, uh, a hello from possibly a friend over in YouTube. Uh, Let's see, where did it go? I wanted to make sure I said this to you while, while I got you here. Enlightened uh, and Prepared.
2: Where did it, it go? Oh, yeah. Enlightened and Prepared.
1: Uh, Brian Polizzi, yeah, and Enlightened and Prepared. Those two uh, yeah. saying hello to you yeah. over on uh, YouTube. They were both in D.C. with us. Nice. Trisha. can you hear me?
6: I can. Um, I threw my phone in the fire yesterday with the fire. But I...
1: Did I lose you? Uh-oh.
6: I was throwing in there accidentally, (laughs) but I just want to say hi, everybody. Hello, Um, Tricia.
1: Do you have a question for JR or just a general comment?
6: No, I, yes, I wanted to talk to JR. I'm so proud of what you're doing and I want to offer any support I can give. Um, I'm good with databases. So if you need help uh, in that way, uh, you know, you can spend your time doing other things, and I can help with databases or anything, phone calls, whatever you need for me to do. I'm here. I, appreciate um, it. I don't work, so uh, I would love to do anything I could. And
2: well, I can say if you go to my campaign website, which is JR Majewski, the number four congress.com, if you register there, and then it'll essentially send me an email. If you explain in there what you'd like to how you'd like to contribute, once I get everything, you know, my arms wrapped around everything and we start building a campaign team. Um I'm definitely gonna reach out to the people that wanted to help, wanted to volunteer, even if it's just uh, you know, to give the opportunity. Um, I, I definitely want I want this to feel just like any other thing that I do, that everybody can be involved, um, regardless, because that's the power of it. It's 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 also a movement, right? And it's not about me as much as it is, is about, you know, me representing Patriots. And, you know, I want it to be an open platform. I want it to be something where everybody can contribute no matter what their contribution is. So I will definitely take you up on the offer.
6: Okay. And I've already registered. So awesome. yeah. Awesome. Best of luck to you. And I know it's a good time down the road, but uh, we're going to be working. We're, we're here for you, Jr. Thank you. You're an awesome guy. You're very eloquent. You you know your stuff, and I don't see any reason why you can't beat that woman.
2: I can beat her. Just <laughs> so, a matter of a time now. Uh, just a matter of time. Yeah,
6: that's it. God bless you. Thank you. God, God bless, bless you, you, Abe and Joe and. Thank,
0: thank you Peace so much, Trish. Appreciate the call. God bless you too.
6: Okay.
0: Bye bye. First Trish. donation
2: on WinRed had just kind of pop up. So.
0: Awesome! Look at that. That's that's go. exactly how we do it, man. Is is like you said, grassroots, um, everybody's input, everybody, you know, trying to help each other out. That's exactly what we need. So that, that was a great
1: call. I hope that uh, the support of the of the community will continue with you. I know it will, actually, and um, you can count on me for whatever you need. So all you got to do, man, you got my number, you got uh, you know how to get a hold of me, you need anything that you think I can help with, fucking call me and I got you. Uh, thanks, I was thanks. awesome hanging out with you in D.C. I think you're a great patriot who loves this country, who loves their fellow citizens and legitimately wants to make the world around him a better place while you're here. And I appreciate you very much for that. Uh, The people of Ohio would be uh, blessed and uh, would, you know, would, would turn out a lot better if they would allow someone with a different point of view, who has been extremely successful in their life, who is... Uh, very personable, who understands the issues that the people want to be addressed, not the ones to waste our time, but the ones that actually help the people that you are there to address, to uh, work for. And I think that perspective would do everyone there well. junior it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you. Any last thoughts before we let all of our viewers go before we move on here today? And any thoughts on uh, when's your next show, stuff like that as well? Thanks for joining us, brother. Oh, thanks, man, and thanks, Joe.
2: Um, you know, I just want to say I love you, all you guys out there, and you know, I know that um, you know things in life happen for a reason, and um, just like any other thing in life, you know, I'm going to approach it with common ethics, my my principles, and just do what I know is best, which is to be me, uh, in inside and out. I'm I'm human. I'm fallible. I'll make mistakes. Uh, never find it uh, unnerving to to contact me, like I've said in the past if if there's something that I can pro- improve upon, if there's something that you see that I missed or a mistake that I made, I'm all about constructive criticism. Uh, it, it it makes my day that, uh, you know, that people call me or get in touch with me and and try to help me because, you know, that, that means that I've inspired you to take the time out of your day to do so. And if you take the time to contact me, I'll take the time to contact you back. And I, I will continue to live my life that way. And you know, it's, it's all about the people and without you guys, you know, it wouldn't be possible every single one of you guys. So it, the debt is mine and, and the privilege is mine too. So thanks everybody. I, I I truly appreciate it. And my next show will be
0: Saturday, Saturday on your candy at 11 PM. Awesome. JR, you are truly an inspiration. You're truly a Patriot. You're just an all around great guy. I really appreciate you being on here. Let's not wait another six months though, to do this again. Okay, friend
2: you guys call me. I'll be on next week. I don't care, man. You just let me know and, and I'll come on, dude.
0: Awesome. Appreciate it, brother.
1: Yeah, appreciate it big time. All of you guys out there in chat, appreciate it to all you guys. And, and like I said, if you can help uh, JR in any way, if you can't personally help, just create a post and say, hey, a fellow Patriot uh, needs help and help spread the word about that link that has been dropped out there in chat. I'll also add that link to the podcast and the other videos for today's show, so we'll see what we can to help uh, JR out. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, I look forward to hearing more about uh, WinRed and any other uh, breaking news on that front if you want to – Uh, Let us know. I'm sure you'll let us know on Ear Candy, which will be... What time is that on uh, Saturday night? Uh, 11 p.m. 11 p.m. All right. Excellent. Appreciate that. Great job today, JR. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. And uh, we could definitely do this again sometime soon, bro. Let's do it, man. Let's do it every month. Let's do it once a month. How about that? We'll just commit. There we go. Let's Let's do it. All right. I'll see you uh, the first week of April. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Don, book it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even have to worry about it anymore. Uh, I'm tonight, on, too, so. yeah, there you go. Tonight on the Foxhole app, man, you guys got an awesome uh, crowd uh, already, already of uh, of great streamers going. Quite frankly, Truth Warriors live now. True reporting, woke societies. We're getting ready to kick off, and then about an hour from now, we'll be on the Keystone channel. So if you guys want to come hang out with us over there, that should be fun. Patriot News is live. P.S.B. still live. Later on tonight, Neil is going to be live. You're not going to want to miss that, uh, as well as One Foot Five SD, Joey Mormon, Crypto Beatles. All kinds of great content. Check out the foxhole.app when you guys get time. Help spread the word about what we're trying to do here. And finally, much love. And God bless you all. Thank you very much for joining us here today. I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow with Crypto Beetles in the house. You're not going to want to miss that. That's going to be a lot of fun for sure. And I want to say finally to all of you out there in chat, the mods, and everyone helping behind the scenes, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the work you guys put in to make this show successful. Without you, Joe and I aren't here, and we can't do this. Much love. God bless you all. You guys keep kicking them in their cabals.
0: That's what I like to see. (laughs) I
2: love Love it. it. You guys are the ones that
1: do it.
0: Thanks, brother. Appreciate it.
1: Appreciate you. Much love. Much love, everyone. God bless you all. Have a great evening. See you guys in about an hour over the Keystone Channel. Treat the word "impossible"
0: as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.